We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Now when Samballot and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sam Ballad and Geshem sent to me saying, come let us meet together at Hakarephrim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to harm me. And I sent messengers to say to them, saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Somebody shout amen. I want to read verse 3 because that is our focal point for today. You guys are going to know so much about Nehemiah by the time we get done that you're going to want to be um, his best friend. Verse 3 says this, And I sent messengers to, to, to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? <clears throat> I am a... Uh, a sucker for a good commentary, or excuse me, a good a, a good documentary. Um, I like a good commentary too, but I, I love watching documentaries, and it really doesn't matter to me the content. Um, I can watch it on anything, uh, but I am most interested uh, in the fame, failure, or um, fortune um, that they build. Um, so I can watch. I watched a, a documentary on the other day on um, Rubik's cubes. It's a very interesting thing. Um, <laughs> But I'm always interested because if you're really good at it, they do a documentary on you, right? And I want to understand how you got there. Um, I saw one that was called Fire a couple years ago, and it just documented the, the failure of this company. Um, I'm always interested in a good docu-series. But the one that I'm into right now and typically happens around the same time every year is Hard Knocks. Anybody watch Hard Knocks? Raise your hand if you watch Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is good. Um, it gives us an inside look at one of the toughest times of a NFL season, which is training camp. One of the things that I have come to learn and appreciate about the NFL, or specifically NFL coaches uh, from watching Hard Knocks, is that it does not matter how successful or unsuccessful you were this past season. Every year, every head coach is forced to rebuild. It doesn't matter if you won a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you were last in the NFL. Every year, every single head coach is forced to rebuild, no matter how successful you were. He is forced um, to forget about what happened, take an inventory of what he has, and place a proper value on what is to come. He's forced to forget about what took place, do an inventory on what he has and place a proper value on the things to come. So every year, a head coach embraces this rebuilding process because he understands it doesn't matter what I did last year. My future success will be determined by what I build in this season. So every year he embraces this rebuilding process idea and he's moving players around and, and sometimes he has to he has to let go of his star player I know you produced for me last year but for where I am going sir 
you can't stay with me. So every single year he gets into this rebuilding process and, and, and building things up and tearing things down simply because he understands that his success is not based upon what he did last season. His success is based upon what he builds in this season. Okay. Just like a head coach. <laughs> That's the time. Um, the effects, because of the effects of this pandemic, um, many of us have been forced to rebuild. Forced to, to rebuild a new set of norms. Forced to rebuild after a job loss. Forced to, be, to rebuild after losing a loved one. Forced to rebuild after I've been emotionally unstable and, and spiritually broken. We've been forced to rebuild. We've been, listen to me now, we've been forced into a position that we have to forget about what was, take an inventory of what is, and place a proper value on what is to come. We have to forget about what was, take an inventory of what is, and place a proper value on what is to come. Because we understand that it's not about what I built in my last season, oh God, it is about what I build in this season. <laughs> because I understand that it's not about what took place in those 15 years of me being on that job. It is about what God is rebuilding, oh gosh, y'all, in this moment. What I love about being able to say that I'm rebuilding, say I'm rebuilding. What I love about rebuilding is the fact that whatever the destruction was, I wasn't in it. You see, some things fell to the ground and they couldn't get back up, but God kept me here so that I could rebuild in this moment. Oh, you thought it was going to take you out, the fact that you lost that job. You thought you were going to lose your mind. But if you're here, God is calling you to rebuild. Oh, gosh, he's calling us to rebuild relationships that have been broken. I never, listen, I, I thought I knew my daughter really well. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I always say that I'm like the dopest dad on the planet. And I'm very in tune with what's going on. But I come home, this is during this whole pandemic deal, and this is like we're like two months in at this time. And um, I come in the house, and I know everything about my daughter, y'all. I do. I know most stuff. Now, I don't know about the school stuff. I mean, I get about 70% of that. But I know everything about the girl. I come in the house, I walk upstairs, and she's sitting in the chair, and she's crocheting. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. If we had not been forced into this position where we had to rebuild, I would have never noticed this new thing going on inside of her. Oh, there's bigger than that. He is forcing us into a position where we have to re rebuild. So now, watch this. For most of us, this is our first time doing this type of work. For most of us, this is the first time, right? We've been Christians for a long time, but this is the first time that we had to believe God. This is the first time that we had to actively walk in faith. And I'm going to break that down in one second. This is the first time that we had to actively walk in faith because there's a difference between active faith and passive faith. 
I have this analogy I've been working on for a long time. I want to give it to you all today. You do know everybody uses Clorox. Clorox, Clorox, Clorox. If you don't clean with Clorox, I'm not coming to your house to eat dinner. Do you know that Clorox is a contact killer? So Clorox, there, there's this element within Clorox that when it touches a thing, it kills it, right? But that means that the active ingredient in that Clorox is now eaten up by the thing it just tried to eat up. So there's, there's this term called free chlorine. There's a measurement that people do. It's called free chlorine. And you, you, you look at the water to see how much chlorine is left after it's made its contact with the thing that it was trying to kill. How much faith do you have available after you've just used it? This is the first time in our lives that we had to truly, truly walk by faith and not by sight. This is, the, this, is, this is the first time that I've been in, in, in such an unstable situation where I've had to truly build my faith. I've had to work at building my faith and establishing a relationship with God. And I want you to understand that God is allowing us, he's allowing us, y'all, to be part of a rebuild. Listen to me. He says, you've been playing with me all of this time. You've been with me for 15 years, but you've been playing with me all this time. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to rebuild your relationship with me. So I'm going to put you in a position where you have to activate your faith. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. And if I don't have any left, how can I please God? If I'm using my faith on every little bitty thing that comes along, I don't have faith for, for when the real test comes. Okay, I see y'all want to be quiet today. It's okay, it's okay. It's good. So, so, so when I got into this thing, there's this, um, this thing that we always say. I say church people say. It says that my, um, my latter days shall be greater than my former. And I don't like that. I think the scripture is true. But, but we, we love cliches and we love to get, oh, my latter days. Can I say it like this? If you rebuild, your latter days has the potential to be greater than your former. But you got to rebuild. You, you see, I have to participate in this thing that God is doing. I can't just say, oh, this was a move of God. You got to get in it. And God is expecting you to do your piece. Okay. So, 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 I have three little points <laughs> that I'm going to share but not share. Let's start at verse 1. Now when Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates, Sambalat, Geshem, sent to me saying, come and let us meet together at Hukrephrim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to harm me, and I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave and come down to you? Our first point, write this down. It's great work. It's great work. Say that with me. It's great work. Great work. Throughout the 
the rebuild of Jerusalem's wall, and we're going to dive into this detail over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm just basically giving you um, a preview of what we're talking about. But throughout the build of Jerusalem's wall, Nehemiah faced stiff opposition from the moment it was heard that he was rebuilding the walls. And now that the walls are almost complete, um, he now gets basically a last-ditch effort from his opposers um, to come meet. And I love Nehemiah's response to the letter. All right. I, I I just fell in love with it because we get an inside look on how he views the work that he's been doing. Watch what he says. He says, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Now, I've read the book of Nehemiah, I don't know, probably 15 times in my life. Um, and chapters 1 through 5, I've, I, I looked with detail, Cody, to try and see if anybody in the scriptures told Nehemiah that he was doing a great work. And you can go back and read it. The first five chapters of Nehemiah, no one ever tells Nehemiah that he's doing a great work. Even God himself never says to Nehemiah, you're doing a great work. But listen to me. At any time that you fashion yourself to do it God's way, you are doing a great work. If, listen to me. If I decide to rebuild my life the way that God has desired for me to build it, I am doing a great work. And nobody has to tell me. When, when um, a teenager decides to hold their chastity and save sex from marriage, that's a great work. When a man determines that he's just not going to be protector and provider, but he's going to be the priest of his home, to me, that is a great work. When, when, when me showing up at church is not just my religious duty or my religious act, but it turns into me developing a relationship with God and I show up here looking for him, to me, that is a great work. When I run to the arms of Jesus for peace and I stop running to a, 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 a bottle or a blunt for my peace, to me, that's a great work. And nobody had to tell Nehemiah that he was doing a great work. Because if I fashion myself after the way that God desires for me to fashion myself, I am doing a great work. So listen, when I'm down on my knees praying for my family, I'm doing a great work. When I'm standing in faith for my family, I am doing a great work. Nobody has to say, bravo, you did a good job. No, I want you to know today, when you determine that I'm going to do it God's way, it's a great work. Listen, Nehemiah was doing something major, and nobody told him. I came to church, and nobody talked to me today. I don't know if I'm going back to that church. You don't see the change in me. You don't see what I'm doing. You don't see how hard I'm I'm working. It does not matter if I said, but when God sees it, he determines that you're doing a great work. You've got to know it. When... when, (laughs) When, when, when my kids are at home all day because they're, being, they're at home schooling now and they're on the computer and, and, they're not, and they get on my nerves but I don't kill them, that is. Okay. Whenever, whenever. You purpose yourself to build something fashioned after God's design. 
you are doing a great work. Whenever you purpose yourself to build something after God's design, you are doing a great work. Whenever I purpose myself to build something after God, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I build my marriage after God's design, I'm doing a great work. When I manage my emotions according to God's design, I am doing a great work. And I know it's not easy, but when I manage myself the way that God desires for me to, I am doing a great work. Shout a great work. I'm doing a great work. And I know that you want a pat on the back, but it won't always happen. You know, if you'd have said that to me two weeks ago, you'd have got, you'd have got the business. And you, I need you to understand that I'm, I'm giving you grace right now. That's what we feel. But no one has to tell you that they know that you're doing the great work. Whenever you put your hands to your life and you fashion it the way that God has designed, you're doing a great work. The pastor doesn't have to tell you. Your husband doesn't have to agree. Your friends don't have to say, girl, I can see the change. It does not matter. Whenever I purpose myself to build after God's design, I am doing a great work. Whenever they just stood up here and talked about that I handle my finances the way that God has designed, you are doing a great work. Here's what's funny. When you're doing a great work, it doesn't always feel like it. I, I like saying this thing is like when, 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 when I do things unto the glory of God, he gives me all of the credit. He, he, I, my wife always, you such, you such a good husband. You so, you so mindful of me. And, you do, and she give me all this credit. And I'll be saying, I don't be knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> Listen to me. I decided I was going to fashion myself as the man of my house behind God's word. And I give him all of the glory because all of my efforts go towards him, but she gives me all of the credit. Okay. All right. Let's push number two. Verse three. And I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Point number two straight from the scripture, is the phrase, I can't come down. Say it with me, I can't come down. Word gets back to Nehemiah's opposers that he's all but done with rebuilding the wall. Um, and they had already sent him letters and threats. Um, but their last effort was to send one more letter. Uh, and this time, what's so hilarious about the the narrative is that this time they want to meet a peaceful meeting. Now, you've been threatening me all of this time, but out of the blue, you want to meet and be peaceful. I want you to see, though, and this is the, this is the part that's why your scripture is so important. I want you to see the awareness and focus in Nehemiah's response. He says, first, I am doing a great work, right? This is what I'm doing. And because I'm doing a great work, I can't come down. I can't come off of it. I can't stop doing it. And listen to this. He says, the work that I am doing is so important that I can't waste time to have a conversation with you. 
This work that I'm doing in my life is so important that I can't waste time have a conversation with you. They just want to have a conversation, Nehemiah. I don't have time for it. Why? Because I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Listen to this. There are some places and there are some people that you have to stay away from when you start a great work because they are too dangerous for you. Okay. Watch. I can't go on Instagram because Instagram feeds my insecurities. And when I start a great work, I don't need a voice talking about my insecurities. <laughs> okay, um, Snapchat's another one. I can't go on Snapchat when I'm starting a great work because Snapchat feeds my lust. I, there are certain people, there are certain, there are certain conversations that I cannot have. There are certain places that I cannot go when I start a great work. I have to leave you alone. There are some people, there are some best friends, shop best friends. There are some best friends that can't handle your, your success. Believe it or not, we just heard a testimony about a brand new house getting built. Let's give a hand for that. It's a big deal. But there are people in their life that can't handle it. She's not telling her. Listen to me. Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work. I've started something. I recognize what I'm doing. It's having an impact on me, and I can't come down from here. Can I say it like this? If we were in a different setting with a different medium, you would say, bro, you blowing my high. Is it, too, is it too much? <laughs> Bro, you blowing my high. Listen to me. I can't come down. I can't have this conversation with you. I'm not going to get into this with you because the work that I'm doing is too great, and I see the impact that it's having on me. Okay, let's go a little deeper with this. So I always thought that when Nehemiah says, I can't come down. I envisioned, I'm saying this is when I was a young man and I first come across the text, I envisioned that Nehemiah was up on a ladder and he's got brick and mortar in hand. He's putting the wall together and he's like, bro, I can't come down. Y'all see that? Y'all felt that? I was right in thinking that. Okay, that's not, that's not what he was doing at all. That's not what he was talking about. Um, the place that they were going to meet was um, by the name of Ono, in the plains of Ono. Now, just let me give you some advice. If anybody sends you a letter and say they want to meet you at Ono, don't go. <laughs> and if you do go, that's on you. You deserved it when you got there because you're not supposed to go to Ono. But Ono um, was northwest of Jerusalem. Northwest of Jerusalem, that's where I see it in my head. And um, when you do a little bit of research on it, just a little bit, you find that Ono sat down in a plain. It was a low ground. It was near water. It was not far from the water. It was down in the low ground. But Jerusalem, where this great work was taking place, was up in the hill. Nehemiah wasn't talking about location. He was talking about elevation. He says, listen, I passed you on my way up. I can't come back down. 
I, I, I don't have time to go back down because I would be losing my elevation. Bro, you are blowing my high. I've, I've done too much. I've put in too much work to have this conversation with you so that I could come down off this. Oh, God. He says, I can't lose my elevation. I've, uh, there are ideals that I had about life that are changing right now. There's, there, there's thoughts that I had about God that are changing right now because for the first time in my life, I got to believe in him because this situation is so unstable. I've got to find stability in him, and I can't have this conversation with you. I can't go on this website. I can't get into this thing at all because it might mess up my elevation. And I saw you on my way up, and I'm not coming back down. Nehemiah says, I've put in too much time for this man. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm thinking different, y'all. My heart is starting to change. My feelings aren't hurt anymore. And I'm not about to get back into this with you. He says, I've started a great work. And I can't come down. What I want, oh gosh, what I want us to get out of this moment, though, and I want you to understand is that this isn't just for this moment. I'm talking about when it happens. When I can feel you trying to blow my high, I want you to say to yourself, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. When the kids start to get on your nerves and you feel that thing rising up, <laughs> I'm doing a great work as a mother, and I can't come down. Because I've worked too hard to get myself to this place. I'm guarding my heart and I'm guarding my mind and I'm not letting this go for anybody. I've put in great work. I can't come down. Listen, I've started this rebuilding process and, I, you know, my, my mind about God was different. I, you know, I, I never really truly put my faith in him. I said that I was a believer, but I didn't have to put my faith. And now that I'm doing it, it feels so good and I can't come down. I see God different. I believe his word. I'm starting to see his hands, y'all. I'm starting to, to, to recognize his face, y'all. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Listen, I'm not, I'm not coming down for a family member. I'm not coming down because of a spouse. Because here's what I know to be true. This word, oh, pastor preached, y'all. He, he preached today. He gave us a word today. I, I started a great work, and I can't, and you got it all the way down that hallway. And the moment you get in the car, <laughs> they take all of the Jesus that I stood up here and sweated over in a matter of two seconds. I want you to be able to recognize it. When God has started working in, in you, it's a great work. And I'm not coming down for anybody. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not coming down for my past. I don't care. You see, the enemy will remind you of the things that you've done. And he'll try to bring you down. <laughs> but when you're rebuilding, I forget, about the <laughs> I forget about the things that were. I take an inventory of what is. And I place a proper value on what is to come. 
So enemy, I don't care what you remind me of. You can talk all you want, but I know where I am. God, me, God has me in a position where I'm rebuilding. Oh God. Okay, let's get the last point. Let's go. Are y'all getting anything? Okay. Verse 3. He says, and I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Point number three, our final point for today is it stops with me. Shout, it stops with me. This great work of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem was initiated, excuse me, initiated by Nehemiah himself. He shows up in Jerusalem. He mobilizes the people. All oh, the story is so good, y'all. Or the narrative. I hate saying story because people think like these people aren't real. This is a real narrative. He shows up in Jerusalem. He mobilizes the people. He gives them hope again. He reestablishes um, God's people or he makes an effort to reestablish God's people as a nation. And it is all because of him. If you look back um, to, to chapter 3, it gives a very detailed listing of the people who were involved in the build. It talks about families. It talks about merchants. It talks about priests. Um, it talks about a variety of people, hundreds if not thousands of people, who were part of rebuilding this wall. And when I thought about Nehemiah's statement and understanding who was involved in the work, I said to myself, well, Nehemiah, that's a little selfish. Like, who do you think you are? Because we've got hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, helping to rebuild this wall. But he says, if I leave what I'm doing and come down to you, the work is going to stop. One man is going to stop all of the work. If he leaves his post and walks away from it, it does not matter how many people are helping him do the job. The work stops. I want you to write this down because you've got to have this point. I have to be present for every moment of my transformation. I have to be present for every moment of my transformation. Nehemiah understood something. He says, when he responds and says that I, I, I started a great work, I can't come down, watch the work stop while I come down to you. He understood that his presence in this work meant everything. He had to be present for every single brick. <laughs> he had to be present to make sure that the work didn't stop. And there is this thought that we have that we can initiate something. We can press play on something. We can start a new process in our life. And because we started it, it will finish. Nehemiah says, you can't just start it. You've got to be present for every moment so that you finish it. Nehemiah understood that there are things that will try to take you away from the work that God has begun. He says, I can't walk away from it now because my presence to this matter is too important. 
many of us have started to finally believe God. I'll put that a different way. We've transitioned from just believing that there is a God, it's a God out there, to believing him as Lord over our life. There's a big difference. Lord means there's an interaction. God is something that you are because you are. I have to choose to make you Lord. I have to choose to make you governor over all of the, the, the workings of me. And for the first time in our life, we've decided that we're going to make him just not God, but he's going to be Lord. And what I want you to understand is that that is a great work, but since you started the process, you can't walk away from it. Because all of the work stops when you stop. Here's the thing. TMC is a great community. I want all y'all to go sign up for Growth Tracks today. It's a great community. We are a community and a body of believers. You need that. Don't do Jesus without a community. But here's the thing. You can become part of this community and still fail. Because if you leave the work, if, if, if you become inconsistent, <laughs> if, you know, well, I'm not going to, I deserve to miss a Sunday. I deserve not to pray today. I'm too tired to pray today. I don't have to do all of these things that got me here. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that the moment you determine that you're going to walk away from the work, it stops. The success of this rebuild, rebuild is totally on you. I'll use this term, I don't know why I use it so much, but God has given us a layup versus having to shoot a shot. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. This is easy stuff. Shout easy stuff. He's, he's positioned us so that we can finally get into a space where we, we don't mind rebuilding. But here's the thing. If you walk away from the work, it all stops. That means that I've got to become consistent in what I do. I, I, I can't just do it one time. I've got to become consistent in what I do. And I've got to understand that the value that I bring to the job is greater than anything else. If, if I start this work, I don't care how big the, the, the body of believers is. If you stop, it stops. So we'll be here asking, you know, what, what happened to sister so-and-so? <laughs> Where is she? I haven't seen her in a while. She came down. She, just, she, she came down. I want us to understand today that God has positioned us to rebuild. Over the next several weeks, y'all know me, I can't give you a number. <laughs> Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk in great detail about rebuilding and what that looks like. I don't know if you know this or not, but Nehemiah is, is coined one of the, the greatest leaders in Scripture. This man, I'm just going to give you all this nugget. This man rebuilt this wall <laughs> in 52 days. A project that had laid in ruins forever, for years. He rebuilt it in 52 days. Watch me now. When you set your heart to do something for God, he makes up the time. 52 days, and he, he, he rebuilt the wall with a remnant of people. 
he didn't have this, oh gosh, y'all, he didn't have the same support that he had before. I'll put it to you like this. He didn't have the same amount of money that he had before, but he was able to rebuild it with less. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.